listening to Thriver Podcast, the company culture podcast where each unique episode brings you engaging topics that a new host and guest will connect on. Learn what drives a strong workplace culture through leadership, diverse experiences, personal stories, and much more. Welcome, everybody. My name is Tal Brodsky, and I'm the Senior Director of Product Marketing at Thriver. Joining us this week is Rachel Jacobson, Vice President of People at Integrate AI, and we'll be chatting about company values and how they shape a company's success. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Thriver podcast. You're a definite veteran of HR, people, culture, and we'd love to speak to you today about how company culture and company values can help shape a company's success. Before we jump in, it'd be great if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, maybe some of your experience in the past, and we can take it from there. Great. I'm so happy to be here. It's one of my favorite topics, one values and culture. Um, I've worked for a long time in HR and now people and culture, and I started working in scaling and startups before it was kind of a thing. I've always enjoyed that stage of growth in a company, and it's definitely not without challenges. Um, Early on, I worked for Virgin Mobile when they first uh, came to Canada. And that was a great experience because it was one of the first places, you know, where I'd worked, there was such a strong association between the values and the culture of the organization, unapologetically. So there were things that were just very strong elements in the culture and part of the values. um, And the organization really lived into that. So it, it was a great foundation for me as I went forward in other companies about how important it was for me to be aligned as a leader and as an HR person with the values of the organization that I was joining, because sometimes that um, disconnect can create some incredible challenges. And I've certainly, unfortunately, lived that in some companies, but I've been very thoughtful and careful about the companies that I've worked with to make sure that that doesn't happen. That's great. Thank you. So I think that's kind of a great place for us to start this conversation. Um, which maybe for for some of our listeners who aren't as familiar, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you perceive company values and the relationship that they have with company culture? Um, And then would be great to hear about uh, Integrate's company values as well um, and how they kind of came to be. Sure. So I think, first of all, when you take a step back and you think about what's the, the, like the mission of a company, you know, sort of why the business exists and the vision, you know, how are you going to get to the mission? And then you have your values and beliefs, and that's sort of how you're going to operate along that journey. And the most important thing about that is it provides, you know, sort of clarity of expectations. And then, you know, our culture is sort of the daily actions of the people and how they map to those expectations. You know, I think what's important about that is sort of when you get it right, it empowers the whole team because it makes, it gives them the guidelines and the foundation to make decisions from like mundane to business critical. Um, And that's always been an important part of Integrate's story as well. So that's, uh, I just wanted to ask you actually, before we we hear about Integrate's uh, values and and story, the clarity of expectations, I wrote that down because I think that that's a really um, unique way of kind of defining company values. I think that maybe it would actually be helpful to hear about how Integrate's values came to be. Um, And then maybe if you could speak to how that has actually led to some more clarity of expectations uh, within the company culture. Yeah. Um, So I mean, I think first sort of stepping back, you know, when I think about when I was interviewing at Integrate, you know, almost three, it was actually probably exactly three years ago now. And they told me that part of the interview would be a values assessment or values interview. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answers. It's just sort of 
like specific to the company's values. And I thought that's a really great way to think about it because there are no right or wrong answers. I mean, there probably are some values that are not so great, but generally the right values for any company are the ones that are authentic to that team, that are authentic to that business and that makes sense for your customers. So, you know, it's not like a, it shouldn't just be like a template um, or boilerplate. So I think the way that a company sets up those values is really important and says a lot about the company itself. And again, like I don't necessarily think there's right or wrong to this. Like sometimes, you know, the founder has some really strongly held ideas and that's the basis. Sometimes there's a little bit of an idea and then the leadership team will sort of go off and, um, you know, have a session about it. Um, or sometimes somebody just like goes, does an online search and fix some stuff for their website. That's probably not the best way to do it. So with Integrate, it was literally one of the first things the company did. So shortly after founding, there was the first group of the CEO plus nine employees. Um, and those nine mostly started all on the same day. And it was like literally the first thing they did on that first day was they had a, a full day session. I believe um, they divided up into groups, three groups of three, and um, they just started brainstorming what was important to them, what was important to the company, what, how did that align with both like an AI company and a startup and all of these different things. And it was really interesting because, you know, most of these people had never met before. You know, they were all brand new to each other um, and were sharing these, these ideas. And when they came back together as a group, there was some definite themes um, and buckets that there's some definite similarity around some of those ideas. And so from there, they just, you know, worked them through, did it make sense? I think one of the most, one of the things that was really super interesting to me was there were some values that made sense as a standalone, but then when you looked at them together, they didn't sort of, they were at odds with each other. And so first there was like, are these the right values? Then there was the intersectionality of it. Do they work well together? And I can tell you now, in terms of the way we live the values, we think about that. We think about it in those ways all the time about which value um, you know, are we at odds with anything here? And that's, that sort of is a good vetting system. Actually, Rachel, if I can just ask you a quick sure. question about that, uh, two questions. One is how long ago was this? So when, when, I guess, how long ago was Integrate founded and um, when yes. were these values created? Four years ago. Four years um, ago. So we just, well, four and a half years ago. So it's interesting. So that was four and a half years ago. And we just this past year in the fall, as we were approaching our fourth anniversary, we did a reassessment to sort of say like, are these still the right values? Do they still make sense? And it, it was interesting because in some ways, because we're so strongly aligned with their values, you know, sometimes they almost sort of felt like they were a bit sacrosanct, but can we even admit that maybe it's not, but we did take that time to go back and take a look and look at like, what is it? Is it so important? How do they show up in the business? Does that still matter? So. That uh, was going to be my next question. So I think that's really interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, so, so the answer was that they didn't really change all that much after four and a half years. And no. that's really interesting. Um, and do you think that uh, part of that reason is because there has become this sort of like the culture has almost formed around the values? Um, and uh, I guess, do you think that that's something that you know, if you were to go to a new company or if you were to now consult uh, for a company that was mm -hmm. just starting out mm -hmm. and you were to see them through the longevity of their, of the company's existence, um, do you think that values are something that should be sort of created and formed in the beginning of the company's 
you know, foundation and, and should never change? Or do you think that there is this ability to evolve, you know, with the company's culture as people come and leave and, and, and all that? You know, I, I think that's such an interesting question because there are definitely, there are some people that are like, no, like your values, it's like 10 commandments. They are written in stone. Like that is it. And other, you know, people have the approach that it's something that, you know, is flexible and that, and, and I do think like, that that's the reason why different values are important for different companies, because your business situation um, may have you focusing in a particular area. I do think that the values themselves should be fairly stable over very long periods of time. Um, like the, that the nature is that they are guiding principles and a framework in terms of like how you live your life, how you show up, like how you live the life of the company um, and that probably don't change a whole lot, you know, in the short term. Right. But I do and think I, you have to be always open to the idea that is this still working for us? Right. I mean, yeah, it's obviously not something that um, you expect the values to be reevaluated every quarter and, and changed as, uh, you know, as you go. But at the same time, you know, if the company has significantly changed or the culture has changed a lot, you want to reflect that. One of the things that's interesting, it was interesting to me, uh, when we did the, the reassessment and evaluation in the fall was, you know, when I was part of the committee, it was a committee of employees again, like it wasn't, you know, from a leadership perspective of everybody who wanted to be involved could be involved. And I kind of went into it thinking, you know, from an people team perspective, we, one of our, I should say, our values are love people, be present, take action, build trust, and focus on impact. And I can describe a little bit more about what those things mean. But from a people team perspective, as you might imagine, you know, love people is one of the things that I think about all the time, because it's all about, you know, how you show up for people and acting with humility and compassion and empathy. Um, and sometimes, you know, we talk about being kind and being nice are two different things. So I think about love people and build trust all the time. Like those are the two big things that I'm you know, within the people team, those are the ones that come up the most. And I thought, and I, I thought everyone was thinking about it in the same way. And then I'm talking to people on our engineering team and they're like, oh no, like we really talk a lot about focus on impact and taking action. And so not to the detriment of other ones, it was just interesting to, to me to hear and see how people were also interpreting the values through the lens of their daily work. Right. And I think that I actually have kind of two follow-up questions to that. Um, but I think that that helps I think it helps to have, you know, enough values that can resonate with with the right amount of people. Mm -hmm. And the first question I had was around, you know, the values that Integrate came up with, how much of that was really based on, you know, people's um, internal belief systems and um, how much of that was actually impacted by the business that, that was being built and sort of the business mission, if at all, or was it very much more of a, um, human kind of decision to make mm -hmm. to come up with these values, uh, or was it? Were you trying to, you know, I hate using the word integrate. I'm sure you get this a lot, but <laughs> were you guys trying to integrate the business, the business goals into the, the company values? Um, I would say I wasn't there on the that first day, so um, I'm going to make some assumptions. Um, and from what I've heard in company lore, you know, I think part of it was like some of the things that came up, you know, that I heard a lot were the concerns that people had around artificial intelligence, you know, and that all, I won't fill in the blanks, but people have fear around it, right? So ideas around loving people, uh, which was, you know, using the word love was like strong and it was like hotly, you know, debated. Um, but that idea that we bring 
you know, we care about the impact that products and actions have on people. And that was about the, the, act, the impact of the product on humans. And so that idea of we will always have that lens of love people over top of it is really important because we know that when people haven't been as intentional about that, it hasn't always centered the people. The other thing around build trust, you know, build trust is huge, you know, like in, in terms of acting with transparency and integrity so that people can trust that you're going to show up the same way all the time. And that's a big part of reliability. And it's a big part of sometimes people don't trust, you know, what's happening um, in algorithms. So that's a, that was an intentional part of thinking about, you know, what do people think about artificial intelligence? What do people think about this business? How do we make sure that we're not just saying, no, 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 don't worry, we're different. We actually are different. It is part of the way we operate. Right. And it sounds like, again, this is, I don't know if this, I'm sure it was with intention, but it sounds like the values uh, that you have in the company are both very relevant to internal company culture, mm -hmm. as well as to your 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 clients and your stakeholders and kind of the, the outside world yes. that Integrate is interacting with. Yeah. Um, do you think that, you know, from a HR and uh, people and culture perspective that the values really should like first and foremost be for internal company culture or do you think that you know it always should be kind of agnostic and and applicable to everything that the company does i think it should be agnostic and applicable to everything that it does because if you have you know the values that just only are in a silo there's a there can be a real disconnect and that you're asking people to show up in a certain way internally and then differently when they're interacting with um, our customers or the way that we're building products that will affect our customers and potentially the broader public. Right. So I do want to hear a bit more about, you know, some of the specific values and how they affect, you know, we, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, before we get to that, I want to ask you about how do you get um, employee buy-in essentially mm -hmm. to your company values? How important is that? And, you know, do you find that as you know you have employees leaving and joining, um, mm -hmm. that you have to always re-educate and and kind of reevaluate, or is it something that it's just so ingrained that it just kind of happens? Uh, you have to be intentional first of all. Like that's the that's a hundred percent. You need to be intentional about your values and how you're living them internally. Otherwise, you get drift. So we we talk about our values a lot. They're in all of our decisions. But we were also very intentional around, you know, as a startup, like many startups, you're hiring a lot. So we built them into um, the hiring process in a very uh, structured way. So we basically we looked at all the values and we developed sort of behavior or experiential based questions along that would sort of line up to each of the values and then calibrated on what, what a good or great answer looked like from those. And we've also looked for ways to make sure we keep bias, any kind of bias out of the interview process. And this was, you know, fundamental, I have to say like before we started thinking deeply, more deeply about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, it was really, so we have people who are trained to do values interviews. And so for example, I am trained to do values interviews and nobody made an assumption that because I'm the head, the people leader that I would be just naturally aligned. I was trained specifically to do our values interviews. Um, but if I were hiring somebody to work on my team, I would not be the values interviewer for that person. So the, we kind of keep that bias out of it. And we will, if people don't do well on the values interview, even if they 
kill it on the um, skills interview, they don't get hired. And that's, we've been very firm on that. Um, and that has not always been an easy decision, um, but it's been something that's been really important to us. And I think that's led to a lot of cohesion um, within a team. So, and that is something that we continue to train on um, and iterate on and make sure that we have that strong um, awareness of it. So, so now we're sort of at a point where people just know that, yeah, if somebody doesn't, um, isn't, I like to say, I don't like to say like, doesn't do well in the values, but like if, if they're not aligned on it from a values perspective, people understand that. And I will say on the other side of it, other people will opt out. Like candidates who don't feel that they're aligned um, will also opt out because they'll be like, this isn't, you know, you guys are kind of like, this is, you know, flaky. I don't like it. So people opt out because of it. And that's cool too. Yeah. I think it sounds like the through line, um, you know, that, that I'm hearing is really everything around sort of the authenticity of, of, you know, the values that you guys have um, and how much emphasis you're placing on your value system as a company. And uh, I think that does bring us into the, the discussion around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because um, a lot of companies, you know, in the past year and a half, you and I were mm-hmm. talking about this, mm-hmm. um, have, you know, felt that they should do something or should mm-hmm. be doing more around diversity and inclusion. But, you know, how, how do you guys go about it and how, what advice do you have for other companies, maybe smaller ones that are in startup mode, growth mode, they're sort of, you know, fighting for their own survival um, and the survival of their business. How, how do you guys um, approach this topic uh, and make sure that it's authentically addressed and not just, you know, paying lip service to it because, you know, we as a leadership team have so much else to focus on. We, we don't right. have enough resources to, uh, you know, put towards this. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's one of those things that your, your team will tell you it's important. And if you are not paying attention to it, um, you'll hear about it from your team usually. So I think that that's, that's thing number one. And there's, I won't go into what like the business case for diversity in businesses, because I think that's well-established from a, you know, we look at it like diversity has always been part of our core beliefs. And when I look at that, you know, and think about how that relates to our values. I don't think any of our values can exist without that core belief. Like we are, we think about love people and sort of that compassion, empathy, and being present, like having a voice for everybody in the company, building trust, taking actions, or acting on those beliefs. So I think that those are, you have to think about your own values as a company and how it relates to the diversity, equity, and inclusion discussion, and do what's authentic for you. So, you know, for example, you know, we're focused very internally right now about, you know, how are we, how are we living those values internally? And how do we bring that to life? You know, I think I, I said this to you earlier, sometimes I think people get too caught up on recruitment or, or recruitment is the obvious thing that people look at when they first start thinking about how do we include like increase um, the diversity in our workplace. And that's part of it. But if you really focus only on recruiting, then you will probably end up ignoring some other really important systems internally. So, and and it doesn't necessarily always take a ton of money because we already have this very systematic recruiting process set up that was focused in general on removing bias. We were already kind of at a good starting point. um, And then we continue to reassess that. So So that's the the first thing from a recruiting perspective, but then applying that same lens 
to our internal practices. Um, you know, whether that's what happens at performance review time, what happens when you're thinking about salary increases, how are people interacting with each other in meetings, and, you know, what is the learning that needs to happen internally around, um, you know, the foundational ideas around equity and inclusion and belonging, anti-racism, and taking the time as a company to both be aware of what's happening in general and sort of aware of all those concepts and aware of the experiences that other people are having, but also taking the time to listen to your own team. And like, honestly, there's a, a lot of not terribly expensive ways to understand what's happening with your team, whether you're using, you know, a survey tool or doing focus groups, it's important. For sure. I think, and kind of what I was going to ask you, I think what a lot of the listeners are probably wondering as well is, if if either if you're an employee uh, or if you're some some you know form of leadership in, in your company, how do you bring that you know to the discussion you know at a leadership level to to how can you raise these issues um, and have them addressed in a way that's um, you know not distracting to the business goals but obviously strengthening them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you have any any specific tangible suggestions or things that? companies should start with, because obviously, you know, putting it in the job description is one thing, yeah. but um, if, you know, we were to survey employees at a, any given company and ask them really, does your company actually live by these values? How do you get the answer to be yes? <laughs> I think it's, first of all, I think that's, it's a journey, you know, and that's going to, sometimes it's going to be yes. And sometimes it's going to be, you guys aren't doing so well right now. So, you know, I, I am prepared for that. Um, like, I think again, like it goes to you know, listening to what your employees are saying. And so I'll, I'll say a little bit from our experience, and this is, goes a little bit further back um, and focuses on gender diversity um, area. You know, we had, you know, been back and forth about parental leave. This is a, a little while ago, we back and forth about like, you know, we're very early stage and do very early stage provide paid parental leave. Um, can we afford to do that? And, you know, we looked at it quite seriously. We looked at our, you know, looked at our employee group and thought just really practically, there's a whole bunch of people who are probably gonna start families very soon and we're gonna lose them. And even if those these people love what we're doing, love our product, love our values, you know, love working in a startup, they don't wanna work for great big companies, but they're gonna make some, some decisions for you know, a few years that are gonna be the right thing for their family. So what are we gonna do about that? Are we gonna just like let those people walk out the door? And, and I think that that was a very, it started off as a very clear business decision. And then when we went to develop the actual program, again, we looked at, we thought about our own values and we didn't sort of say like, well, what does Google or Facebook do? And let's just copy that. I mean, we can't afford to do that for one thing, Um, but also what's the right thing for us as a company and what aligns with our values. And so we focused on, you know, making sure that people didn't have to opt out for financial reasons. So there was some financial um, top up that was helpful, but we also spent a lot of time thinking about what do people really need when they're off? Well, they, they want to make sure that their careers don't get stalled. Right. So we, we talked a lot about like doing sort of performance evaluations, you know, before people go on leave and after people go when, they, as soon as they come back so that they don't miss out on review cycles and promotion cycles and they're included as part of the calibration cycle, even if they're you know on leave at the moment. So we were really thoughtful around how do we build out those um, that that policy 
in a way that made sense for our values, for the company, but also for our employees. And, and so I think that that's like, you can't sort of solve all the problems all at once. And I think starting with the ones that are most painful to your business makes the most sense. Absolutely. Um, I think it's also helpful to hear that, you know, you, you can't solve it all in one day and, um, you know, focusing on either the low hanging fruit or the, you know, the, the yeah. biggest priority first makes the yeah. most sense. Yeah. Um, have you, you know, after, after you guys went through this exercise, did you, were you able to sort of reevaluate whether or not all these changes had an impact on, on, you know, the employee culture and, and on, yeah. you know, the values system and all that? Yeah, I mean, we've had really incredible feedback um, from parents that have come back from from leave, whether they were the parent that gave birth or not. Like we've had a lot of people using being able to use the pol- the, the program. So it's, you know, one of the things that somebody said to me when they came back was that they were really happy because their 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 spouse didn't have the same experience. That even though they had, you know, a paid top up program in their spouse's company. And they get the same kind of support, you know, that they'd had around all the other things, like the non-financial things that we were doing to really recognize career development during that phase of, of their life. So like, I think that that was a really important thing. I'm really happy that we did. Right. And uh, I keep coming back to this. So sorry if it's, if it's no, repetitive, it's okay. but was that, would you say that that's an example of something where your values, uh, the company values did evolve uh, with, you know, the, the employee culture and the employee kind of the makeup of the company? Um, or, you know, were you guys kind of, you know, ad- adapted your values to, to sort of match what, what was currently going on within the company's um, culture? I think it was always there in the values. I mean, I really do believe that. Like when I look at our values, we had huge take impact our focus on impact, that was a program that had huge impact on a large number of employees. And it has an impact, not just on the employees that are going to use the leave right now, but on what we say when, you know, senior executives in the company say, yeah, I'm taking you know the parental leave and I'm taking all of the parental leave that I'm entitled to. I'm not going to, you know, fall into some old, you know, gender norms and stereotypes. So I, I think that that's really important. I think it was always in our values. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's sort of my, like how that, yeah evolves over time. Um, and now that you mentioned, you know, the, the employees kind of vocalizing uh, that they were doing these things, um, mm-hmm. what I was wondering about, and I think a lot of companies wonder about is how much of the values in the company, how important is it that they're coming and sort of being lived top down versus bottom up uh, is one more important than another? Can you speak a little bit about that, about, you know, leadership versus the employee level kind of living and breathing and and showing the values. Yeah. I think that's why it's really important to, in some ways, involve all the leadership team and all the employees in the foundation of the, of the, the values, because just sort of like going off and setting up some values that, you know, your leadership team or your executive team aren't really aligned with, and they kind of go, like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Sure. But they're not really aligned to it. That is that's never going to live through the, the whole culture that they're never going to take it on. So I, I think that it's a, it has to be holistic. And then it's from a leadership perspective, you know, it's your responsibility to model those values. If you're, if you think it's really important, then you're going to model those values and look for ways to bring that through the organization. And I, I think that it's, it's that, I mean, I'm not sure who said it, but like that idea that like culture, you, you have a culture, no matter what you do. 
you know, it's, it's the behavior that you are rewarding and, um, and modeling. And so you are going to have a culture no matter what you do, you, but you need to pick whether or not you want your values to inform that culture. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? It's that um, I keep coming back to, especially now after, you know, a year and a half of the pandemic, I think a lot of, there is a, a major turnover in, in the job market. A lot of employees mm -hmm. are leaving one company, joining another. And I think the biggest challenge will be how do we maintain or evolve our culture, uh, but still kind of pay tribute and, and be authentic to the values that we have as a, as a company and as a business. Yeah. I think that's the big question for all of us. And it's something that like, honestly, it, it keeps me up nice to think that there are a lot of ways that we communicated our values that relied on being in person. Um, and so finding those ways to do it when we're not in person is really important. Um, and so we, we've done some small things and some large things through over the year and a half around supporting that, um, you know, building out new communication tools, building out new rituals around um, those communication norms have been a big part of it. So I think that that's, that's going to be the big question for a lot of companies. I, I would say for us, like we've certainly, it's been a tough time all around working from home for as long as we've been working from home. And I think that when we return to the office, we'll be doing that in some kind of hybrid mode. Um, and so we will have to sort of continue to move forward and find those ways that are not reliant on social events and town halls and uh, to communicate the values. Absolutely. Um, and so as we kind of begin to wrap up, I think mm -hmm. the um, if you could have any advice, I'll put you a little bit on the spot here, but if you have, if, if we can think of kind of three major milestones of the employee uh, journey, and you can correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. you mentioned a little bit about recruiting. Um, I think another really important sort of milestone is obviously the onboarding uh, mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of maybe a little bit later in the maturity of the employee's uh, life cycle. Could you mm -hmm. speak maybe what is one suggestion or thing that, that a company can do to kind of stay true to their values, communicate the company values, you know, align employee and company values together at each of those uh, yeah. milestones, if you have any suggestions. Sure. I mean, so like I think on the, the recruiting side, um, we've already talked about that. Like we focused a lot on that to make sure you have the right people coming into the organization. Anybody who's worked in a startup knows how difficult it is if you don't focus on that kind of thing in the beginning and then you get down the road and you're like, oh no, now we have all these people that aren't values aligned, but they're mission, we think they're mission critical people. And it, it, it has created a different culture. So focusing on it in the lead up and being intentional about it and operationalizing it in the interview process upfront, really important. And then at onboarding, again, we hit it in a couple of different ways during our first week of onboarding. Part of it is time with our CEO where he goes through, you know, what the values mean to him and why they're important. Um, but we also spend time talking about it from just generally like an overview, but also we talk to people about how we're building a team and how important the values are. So we talk about you know, you've just gone through this interview process, you might not have realized it, but a big part of it was the values. Here's why, here's how we think about it. And, you know, lots of people get excited about it and say, oh, when there's an opening on the values interviewer team, I want to be a part of that. So it, it also, like by training people outside of leadership and the people and culture team to be those values interviewers, that also disseminates the values throughout the organization because you have people sitting in all these different pockets um, that are kind of the ambassadors of it throughout the organization. So it's sort of an unintended consequence, but it's, it's a good one. 
Um, and then like later on, like through the process, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the, um, maybe through the performance review cycle, because that also sort of relates to how people get promoted and, and that kind of thing. I think it's really important to assess that with the same kind of critical lens that, that you have for your interview process to sort of like who's, who is making the decision? What are the information pieces that you have? Has somebody not been on key projects because they haven't been on the projects or were there some barriers to that that we're not thinking about? And so I, I think that that's, that's really important. Part of it is the data collection is for being able to look at your employee group and sort of understand you know, how many people that have self-identified in different ways do you have showing up in different groups and to also examine your own biases and to be, and I would say that it's a journey. People need to be constantly aware that it's okay. I shouldn't say it's okay, but like you might not always get it right. Learn from that and move on. Absolutely. I think that, oh yeah, that's really helpful. Um, for me, it was really interesting to hear about having that, uh, I think you call it like a values committee or mm-hmm. uh, you know, a group of not just leadership level um, members who are part of you know, kind of the gatekeepers mm-hmm. and also the ambassadors and enforcers of the company's values. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps make it a lot more scalable as well, right? So you're mm-hmm. not relying on the same you know, few individuals to always be the ones enforcing or putting out that message. And then in the employee's kind of life cycle and longevity, I think uh, that actually also helps with having more of like a a 360 view so that if you're really living the values, you're able to constantly keep an eye open and see if, like you mentioned, something is is missing or somebody wasn't in the room for, you know, the wrong reason. Um, You can kind of, you know, address that on on the spot as opposed to letting it grow and become a a more significant issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as, as we kind of uh, wrap up now, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to, to share, if there's anything you wanted to, you know, promote. And if not, we have, I do have one final question for you. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things I'll say that something our, our CEO had said a while ago, which is, you know, different perspectives in a business are very valuable. Um, in fact, the more diverse um, perspectives, the better. But it's not okay to have different values. You know, and so I, I think that that's, that's the thing that I, I really focus on. And I think that's an important idea that just because we have people that are strongly aligned around the same values, it doesn't mean they, they don't have very different perspectives that they bring to the table, but that we're able to talk about in a really respectful way. And hopefully everybody feels that inclusion and belonging. Right. I think that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that that's, um, you know, it's, it helps to sort of balance out those two things, right? Where, differing opinions, thoughts is not uh, the same as mm-hmm. different values. And I think yeah. having the same values allows you to have that, that those discussions um, in more of like a, a healthy and safe environment rather than just, you know, the discussions coming from competing value systems. Yeah. Right. Um, so thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, one final question is, you know, you, you've, you've built a career in kind of the HR people culture world. Um, is this something that you saw yourself doing, you know, since you were a kid? Is, is, is it completely different? How did you, you know, how did this come to be? No, I did not. What did you want to be when you wanted to grow up? That's the, that's the first question. I did not uh, think I wanted to be an HR person. I don't think I knew what that uh, was. Um, 
you know, I, I think like early on, I just, I, I have actually, my whole career has been in human resources. And the way I got into it was when I was graduating from school, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, with my philosophy degree. And, um, and I just started talking to a whole bunch of people. And I realized that I needed to be in something that I could have a lot of interaction with a lot of people and be helpful. So hopefully I am. Uh, and that just resonated with me. So that's how I ended up. And it's been, as much as people say, you have a bunch of different career, like three or four or five different careers in a lifetime. I, I'm still on my first and uh, I'm still loving it. That's incredible. And just one last question. Are there any kind of uh, rumors or misconceptions about, you know, human resources in HR that you kind of always get that you, you want to dispel officially on this, <laughs> on this podcast? So many, there's so many, that could be a whole podcast on its own. But one of the things I will say relevant to this discussion is, you know, I've always having had that early experience around the importance of making sure that like seeing my alignment with the company on values. I've also seen how wrong that can go when you are not aligned. And I, I have felt that when I've worked for companies where I have not been aligned to the values of that, those organizations, I have a really hard time. Like I have a really hard time um, saying, well, this is the way you should do things, but I don't really think that's the right thing, but that's what the company's telling me to do. And I think for a lot of HR people, when they find themselves in those situations, that's where um, you know, HR people can sometimes, you know, like if they come across as a bit inauthentic, it's like there's a mismatch between their own values and the organization's values. And I, I think that that's something that like me as, a, as an individual, I assess that. Like I, I am really intentional when I'm looking for a new role that the values of the organization are aligned with my own values and that the company is really doing what they say they do. I mean, and I have to say that when I joined um, Integrate, I thought, wow, like these guys are really into their values. I hope it's really going to be like that when I get there. Um, and, you know, almost three years in, I have to say, yes, it, we really do live our values and uh, quite aligned. That's incredible. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it just speaks to authenticity in general. And, you know, obviously in the HR world, it's critical. But I think at any level, as we discussed today, yeah. Um, whether you're, you know, an entry-level employee or coming into the leadership team, yeah. the alignment between your values and the company's values is critical. And, yeah. you know, otherwise at some point it won't work. So Rachel, I really, really want to thank you for joining us today. That's all the time we have. If uh, people, you know, want to follow you or, or, or reach out or anything, is there anything you, you want to promote or anywhere people can, can get in touch or we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. I mean, but definitely um, Rachel at integrate.ai. I'm happy to chat more about this. Uh, it's one of my favorite topics. Perfect. So thank you everybody for listening. Thanks again, Rachel, for joining us. And uh, you can uh, all look forward to hearing some more Thriver episodes coming soon. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to Thriver Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Share your thoughts on this episode by tweeting us at Thriver Company or get to know more about us by visiting Thriver.com. Additionally, you can follow us at Thriver Company on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The choice is yours. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.